Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti and welcome to Venice Talks, a podcast series about Venice in Italy. My name is Monica Cesarato and I am a Venetian food and travel blogger. I'm going to put my insider knowledge at your disposal to help you discover Venice at 360 degrees. Each week I will be chatting to the people who really matter, the Venetian. So follow me on the discovery of his artisans, writers, fashion designers, artists, glassmakers, bloggers and much, much more. Come to visit Venice the right and sustainable way. You can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com and also on all social media. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Venice Talks, episode number 38. Welcome back to Venice Talks. And my special guest today is myself. Uh, yes, everybody. Uh, it is summer, so it is getting a bit harder for me to get people to talk on the show because, of course, uh, everybody is very busy since it is high season. It's hot. Many are on holidays. Many are really, really, really busy because Venice is back to the numbers, I think, that we had in 2018 when it comes down to visitors and to busyness. So I decided to take this opportunity to actually answer some questions. Well, first of all, I just want to thank everybody that's been listening. And uh, I know you think I'm going to be crazy, but I just want to quickly list all of the countries that are listening to my podcast uh, because it makes me so proud, so happy. So I'm going to take like literally five seconds to save them all. I'll tell them very quickly. And I want to thank everybody that is listening from Argentina, Australia, Austria, Bangladesh, Belarus, Belgium, Bermuda, Brazil, Bulgaria, Canada, Chile, Costa Rica, Cyprus, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Iceland, India, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Japan, Jersey, Kuwait, Latvia, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Malta, Mexico, Montenegro, Morocco, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Nigeria, Norway, Paraguay, Philippines, Poland, Portugal, Reunion, Romania, Russian Federation, Serbia, Singapore, Slovenia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Thailand, Turkey, United Arab Emirates, United Kingdom, United States of America and Vietnam. Guys, I really do not know how to thank you. I didn't realize the podcast was listened to all over the world. This makes me so proud. And please, 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 please spread the world, the word to the world. <laughs> okay. So the other day I've asked a few uh, for you to actually ask me questions. So if I can, you know, if I said, if I will be able to answer, because of course I'm not an encyclopedia uh, and I, I don't know it all. I know some things about Venice, but uh, I did a little bit of research. So uh, I was expecting more on, uh, let's say, basic, uh, practical kind of questions. Instead, I got to say, you all went very, very philosophical and very, how can I say, inspirational inspirational for me. So I'm going to start with the first one that was Samantha from Instagram. And she actually just asked if there are any special rules or, law, or laws that you need to follow when you come down to Venice. So actually, just out of uh, clarification, I went down to the uh, City of Venice Regulation and these are the actually is law 
okay so this is these are the basic rules law so it means that if you do get it wrong you in fury you should if it catch you you will get a fine so under the urban urban police regulation uh in all of the city and especially in st mark's area but let's say this should be all over the city you're not allowed to you're forbidden to litter of course Let's get into this. First of all, it is true. In Venice, there aren't that many bins and waste, uh, you know, trash cans and so on. But still, guys, come on, carry a little bag with you and put all your rubbish in there. And then when you go back to your hotel, you just throw it over in, in the hotel uh, in the hotel room. Or whenever you stop in a restaurant or in a bar, just use uh, uh, the bins there. So you don't need to leave your trash around, please. I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't do it back at home. I hope you don't do it back at home. Or just think if you were doing it in your, in, in your home, uh, how horrible it will be. I mean, the sometimes you walk by and you see people putting cans, bottles, uh, the leftover con cups from the ice cream on people's windows. How would you feel if people did that to you? Come on, it's so horrible. Anyway, another thing that you cannot do, and this should be just common sense, but of course uh, the world right now is lacking common sense, it is to dive or bathe in the canals of Venice or in, this, uh, in front of St. Mark's, uh, in, in, the, in St. Mark's Basin, so in front of St. Mark's. Well, first of all, it's unhygienical. Did you know that uh, we don't really have a sewage system in Venice? As in, the majority of sewage goes into systems that are allocated underneath the buildings, that are then cleaned up with a system of, uh, you know, the bolts come in and the septic tanks, you know, they, they cleaned out. But Many old homes uh, still send all of their, um, let's say, waste mm, into the canals. So can you imagine how unhealthy and unhygienical that will be? Second, you have motorboats passing all the time. I mean, it takes two seconds to chop your head off with, uh, you know, with, uh, with the blades of a motor. So please, 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 Venice is not a seaside resort. It's a city, for crying out loud. Anyway. Another thing that you're not allowed to do, and this goes out to all my cycling friends, is you're not allowed to ride or lead by hand any unofficial means of transport, i.e. bicycles. So when you arrive biking into Venice, you're supposed to leave your bikes in Piazzale Roma, where there are uh, particular parks for bicycles. So you go there and uh, I'm not sure if you're free or not, but you still can lock your bike there and it's supposed to be very safe. Or if you arrive by train, again, you're allowed to go from the train station to Piazzale Roma, but you're not allowed to take your bike around in Venice. And most of all, you do not ride it. It is absolutely inconvenient for everybody around you and it's dangerous as well because there are old people in the city and they're not so fast in moving around. So please, please don't do that. Another thing that you're not allowed to do is to be involved in dangerous and harassing activity. Well, we all know, you know, I don't need to get into that. Another important thing that you're not supposed to do is to undress in public. So do not walk around in a swimwear. Do not walk around in a new chest, please. You know, uh, there are certain things that cannot be unseen. And anyway, I repeat, Venice, it is not 
a seaside resort. You want to do that? Hop on a, a water bus on the Vaporetto number one and go down to the Lido where we have a beautiful, beautiful, clean beach where you can just cool down and take a swim if you want to as well. Lastly, but not least, this is especially in St. Mark's Square. Please do not lie down or sit and eat your food in there or you know unless you're sitting in one of the bars and stuff but just don't sit or lie down on the floor uh first is horrible to be seen and second have you noticed that in venice we do have seagulls and pigeons well they will attack you for the food and uh, it is not a picnic area so please don't do that thank you so much anyway on to the next questions very interesting question from jesse on instagram how deep are the canals in venice well most of the canals are between one and a half to two meters according also to the tide so they're not that i mean i'll drown because i'm one and a half meters so uh, that's five foot i'll definitely drown and two meters is about six feet i'll probably get in and drown anyway i mean because i'm not a very great swimmer but i wouldn't go into the canal in the first place but let's say if i fall in it the majority of you probably can just stand up and uh, like have a swimming pool, no problem whatsoever. The Canal Grande instead is another matter of fact. There is uh, at least five meters, so you should please, 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 please be careful. And uh, the biggest one is the Canale della Giudecca, the Giudecca Canal, that goes up to between 12 to 17 meters. Right, remember that these are... Uh, um, indicative uh, meters because of course it all depends uh, uh, on the water level on the uh, you know the high tide but it can go up to one meter and more in some areas okay um during the period of high tides you know that we called aqua alta uh, that used to be happen often before the mose uh, flow uh, the mose barrier was uh, built um much uh, much depends some parts of the city can go underwater at a certain level and uh, uh, it depends, uh, depending on the condition, on the moon, uh, you know, the aqua alta uh, comes uh, due to certain winds coming in, if it is uh, the moon, uh, you know, uh, the full moon, uh, if it is, uh, uh, you know, uh, heavy rains, uh, not in Venice itself, but coming from the rivers, so the rivers are bringing in a much percentage of water and so on. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, Venice hasn't gone under heavy uh, aqua alta for a while now, thanks to the implementation of the Mose barriers. Um, so, how are the canals maintained? Well, it is uh, not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of effort and resources. There are several ways that you can keep the canals in a good condition. Generally, they use uh, uh, the canals are cleaned, well, They've been cleaned the canals for since Venice was built. So this is something that has been ingrained into the system of the city for centuries. But right now is a combination of mechanical dredging and the removal of debris manually. So what we usually do is they close both ends of the um, canals. Okay. And 
uh, over a period of certain days, uh, they clear the debris away and then they, pour, they let the water flow in again. And they have to do this regularly because it's very important for the navigation and the prevention of flooding. Because, of course, if the debris keep rising, then it means that the boats cannot go under the bridges, of course. Okay. Um, now, also, um, the walls uh, over time, the walls of the canals can become damaged and they weaken by the erosion and by the wave action. And uh, like, for example, we got to be very careful with the uh, speed of the boats and the frequency of boats because, you know, the uh, what we call, you know, the motondoso, the continuous uh, up and goings of the, uh, of the waves can erode the size of the canals and then can create uh, very big problems. Uh, the city enforces speed limits and regulates a number of the uh, size of the boats that are allowed by the canals, but, you know, it's still a big problem. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, something completely different. So somebody is asking me when my book will be translated in English. Well, I got good news for you. The Andar per Bakari, my Chiquetti book, will be... Oh, and this uh, uh, question was done by Kate uh, Jewel 4545 on Instagram. So, Abeta, thank you very much for it. So, uh, Andar per Bakari will actually be translated and published in August this year, so 2023, so in uh, less than a month, but um, uh, which I'm very proud of. Plus, I have big news for you. There is a new book coming out that should be out in July, and it is Andar per Isole. Uh, I know it's going to be in Italian. I'm not sure when the English translation will be available because we, my editor is always uh, a little bit later. But it will be dedicated to the islands of Venice. So in the same way as I talked about eating in Venice, I will tell you about how to discover the islands of Venice. And by discover the islands of Venice, I do not just mean Torcello, Murano and Burano, but all of uh, more than 40 islands in the city. Some are uh, um, accessible, some you can only see from a boat, but it's still very interesting because you get to totally understand the history of Venice. Now, this was a very interesting question from Teresa Temple on Facebook. Are there any bookable activities for visitors that support the environment, such as picking litter from the lagoon, etc.? And thanks for this great podcast. Well, thank you, Teresa, for listening. And thank you, everybody else, for listening. Um, you, you can see I don't like talking by myself. I so much more prefer talking to somebody. But anyway, what can you do in Venice to support the environment? Well, there is, first of all, a very good company that is called Venice Calls and it is a volunteer uh, company. So they are uh, obviously based in Venice and they try to work with locals uh, into, you know, creating, let's say, um, how can I say, practical, practical uh, experiences. Okay, so you can help. And at the same time, uh, help, uh, you know, you can go help and at the same time be really practical on this. So, for example, sorry, I'm getting confused. Let me explain it to you. They have uh, at the moment something called Venice Calls for Plastic Revolution. So the idea was to create uh, a workshop where they collect all of the plastics 
that they uh, gather from the cleaning of the uh, beaches of the canals of Venice, and then they uh, recycle them and reconvert them in new objects, and then they're going to display them for everybody to see around the city of Venice. Now, these uh, cleanups uh, usually are events that happen every so often. Uh, they don't have, at the moment, like a, a fixed program for it, okay? But you can follow them and every so often they come up and they tell you when they have this, uh, uh, how can I say, these events. They clean up, for example, uh, the area of Sant'Alvise, uh, Murano, Piazzale Roma, the beaches of Lido and Pellestrina. Uh, they go and clean the canals and also the barene, that is the, uh, what do you call it, the marshlands of the Lagoon of Venice. So, um, just follow them i'm pretty sure let me have a look i'm pretty sure you can find them also on facebook as well as their um uh website yes they are okay and i'm pretty sure that if you follow their uh webs their facebook you can start to see they're gonna they post the events when they happen and as i can see now just a few days ago they posted the fact that they are opening the doors of their workshop of the recycling workshop okay they're open every day uh sorry they're opening on the 18th of june so that was actually a few days ago and uh, they have it at, uh, let me see where it is, let me see what it is, in the Chiostro dell'Ex Convento dei Santi Cosma e Damiano, but you can see this on the website, okay? Um, and you can help them with a the fundraising. They got fundraising at uh, Sostieni Venice School. It's crowdfunding. You'll find everything on their uh, website. But I think it's very good because I think it's something that was born in the wake of the um, actual um, COVID. Okay. And it's a great way to have them. But there you will be able to see all of the events day by day, whatever they organize them. Okay. Next question. Okay. Now, this was a bit hard okay this is from donald dangleson that uh, i hope to see uh, soon for a drink somewhere in venice since him and his wife uh, live in venice uh this was on facebook and he's asked me your honest opinion from all you know about venice and how much you love venice yes i do thank you very much where do you see the city 10 to 10 to 15 years from now what do you think it will be like right i wish you asked me this about 15 years ago because 15 years ago i would have been able to tell you we would be where we are now covid uh, of course uh, taking away the covid part but uh, in the situation okay so i'm a very optimistic person so i'll try to be positive about it but I don't see Venice being in a very good position if we continue on the road that we are now with the current authority, just concentrating on making money out of the city rather than really preserving the city. Um, I, at the moment, the city is split in two, personally. I see this. One part that is very materialistic and is trying to make as much money out of events uh, and uh, of a tourist uh, and on tax uh, and so on. 
And another part that is the cultural part that is really investing in spreading a lot of new cultural events, a lot of art, a new, so many galleries, art exhibitions, uh, you know, uh, fashion show, you, you, you name it, helping try to... Um, how can I say, uh, put a spotlight on the artisans and on artists and so on. The problem is that I don't see these two things getting together, as in, or the cultural part is trying to do their part, but the materialistic part that is the city is always trying to take advantage of this. So, and apart from this, I don't really see, apart from local private uh, or uh, non-profit organization and there's many of these but unfortunately they are not helped okay i don't see the will from the city to really 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 change the course of what's happening in venice as in losing its inhabitants one thousand per year so we are already on forty-nine thousand at the moment uh uh, you know, there is no will to help and get, you know, with a housing problem. Even though so many associations draw the attention of this and they talk about it, but the city is not really doing anything. Uh, there is no uh, will whatsoever to educate uh, the people, you know, the people that come to Venice to, 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 to do more. You know, I'm just a little drop in an ocean with my podcast but this shouldn't be done just by me this should be done by all of the city because come on we all know education is the basic the basic the basis of changing people if you do the only way we can change mass tourism is by educating people if we and I, you know i've been saying this all over and over on my podcast i've been saying this all over and over on my blogs and whoever done my tours they know i've been saying this all the time we need to teach people. There is so much to do in Venice. It's not just Venice, in every single city in the world. We need to talk about the city in an educating manner, not just in a money-making manner. And so, what do, you, do I think it will be like? I'll tell you what I think I, I would I would like it to be like. <laughs> that is different because I don't think it's going to be like this. I really wish we had a city where back in the days when people used to come, used to save a lot of money and they used to come here for a week, two weeks. They used to go to all of the artisans. They used to find all the hidden gems and not just taking photos for Instagram, but they used to invest in the city. And, you know, where we used to create uh, a... Uh, a group of people that wanted to come back over and over and over. Don't get me wrong, they're still out there. There's plenty of you, of you guys that, you know, most of you are the people that listen to this podcast, that come back over and over. You know, I know some of you that came, can stay two, three weeks. Some of you stay here a month. Some of you stay here up to three months, the lucky ones that can afford it, you know. But still, I would like it to come to a point where the people that come for one or two days are the minorities, but really the minorities. And the majority of you will come and stay for at least a week, like it used to be. So that's all what I would like to be. Is it going to be like this? Hmm, I doubt it. I doubt it. But I'm going to fight with my nails in my teeth as, uh, as much as I can to spread the world and say, this is the way you should visit Venice. And I hope I answer your question, Donald. And I really like to hear from you what you think 
Donald. So maybe you could be one of my next uh, uh, interviews, interviewees, actually. You and your wife. Uh, so I'm sending it out there. Now, another lovely question. Again, that put me into a bad <laughs> situation, <laughs> but I just think I've answered anyway. And it's from my dear friend, Laurie Morrison. By the way, uh, thank you so much still for my red boots that I cannot wait for winter to come along and to be able to wear. Um, so Laurie's asked me, I know Venice relies upon tourism, but tourist, tourism is also a threat to the city and the lagoon. How is Venice protecting itself into the future? Who has control jurisdiction? Well, as I was saying, unfortunately, the control and the jurisdiction of this is in the hands of the mayor and the city of Venice. But so far, he's doing bugger all <laughs> as in terms of controlling the tourism as you're supposed to. So instead of taking inspiration from other city, cities and uh, limiting maybe Airbnbs uh, to implement uh, a system by which, you know, we'll have a, a different type of tourism coming here rather than what we call a Mordian Fuji. So, you know, just a Kleenex kind of uh, tourism, you know, use, uh, use it and throw it kind of tourism. Um, he, um, he just, they don't do nothing really. They, they just happen to collect, a, you know, he, he's just concentrating on charging more because at the end of the day, Venice is a money-making machine and uh, he's an entrepreneur. All of his uh, city people are ent entrepreneurs, so that's all they see. So, yes, don't be fooled. Personally, I think don't be fooled by all the medias that you see around promoting the city. Every single time there is an event, uh, trust me, there is money behind it. That's the only reason why the city is supporting it. For example, the big concerts that are happening now, uh, all the big events like when they rented the, the Doge's Palace to, you know, the various fashion designers. It's all about making money. Is the money then being used to uh, for the goods of the city? Oh, I'm pretty sure in part it is. A lot of other is not. Not sure where it goes to. Don't really want to know because that's too political. All I know is that we could do much more in Venice. Uh, we could create a beautiful network between all the associations. Uh, and instead, uh, uh, they always try to keep everybody apart. So that's a bit sad. Now, what other questions could I have answered? Let's have a look. Uh, these are actually just people that uh, just uh, uh, send me questions like that with no names or something. So, how do you usually move around Venice? Uh, walking, uh, generally, but since it's a city that has many islands, you sometimes have to use a water bus. Now, Many Venetians go by boat, but not every Venetian owns a boat. Because to be honest with you, uh, the majority of my Venetian friends do not actually have a boat. As I say, you can use a water bus like everybody else. Or what well, most of Venetians do. They walk everywhere because Venice is actually not that big. Uh, so literally you can cross it from one from Piazzale Roma to the end, uh, like Castello, right, right to the edge uh, uh, of it. And it'll take you about an hour and a half walking. So it's not so bad. 
Do Venetians have driving license? Who? Some do, some do. They don't take it obviously in Venice. They have to come to the mainland. Uh, many do, many don't. You know, like uh, most of the people. No, everybody has a driving license uh, in the, you know, in dry land. So it's the same thing. Um, how old is Venice? Well, let's say very old. Uh, is one of the oldest republic in the city, so about 1,600 years old, if not more. Uh, you know, pretty old. Why is Venice built on water? Oh, well, it's built on water because... Uh, oh, it's a long story. Gosh, we need to be, get this an historian to talk about this. Uh, we need to go and find an historian to answer this question. So let's leave it for the next podcast because it's way too long and I don't have time. No, not enough time to answer you this. Can you swim in the Venice canals? No, I told you before, you cannot. It is prohibited. So please, please, please spread the world. Um, oh, why is the water in Venice green? Well, simple because at the bottom there are algae, there are seaweeds, uh, because uh, it is a lagoon, you know, we are built on a lagoon, there are no rivers, uh, and of course uh, it is sand and uh, seaweed, and that's uh, a normal uh, color of Venice uh, canals. Uh, and no, you cannot drink the water of Venice. Uh, oh, you cannot drink the water of the canals of Venice, but as we talked about it uh, a few podcasts ago, you can drink the water of the fountains, and we strongly recommend you to do so. So, I think for today I'm done, and uh, I hope I gave you some more information. If you I have got more questions for me, please send me an email, write to me on Facebook, send me a message on Instagram, and I can reserve some more uh, of the questions for some more episodes in the coming uh, weeks. So, I hope you're going to have a lovely day, and uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for everybody in the world listening, and I repeat, I'm so sorry if I bored you with my voice, uh, and I really do not like doing this on my own and um, I hope to have somebody else uh, to interview soon speak to you soon and keep following me oh and when you come in Venice I always forget to tell you this when you come in Venice and you go and visit any of the people that I mentioned in my podcast please please do tell them you went there because you listened to the podcast because it makes them very proud and it makes them very happy and it makes me very proud and it makes me very happy because it means what I'm doing is working. Thank you so much for listening. Ciao, ciao. Thank you again for listening. If you want to book a food tour or a cooking experience with me, you can find me on my blog, www.monicacesarato.com or at cookingvenice.com and also on all social medias with the handle at Monica Cesarato and at cookingvenice. Feel free to leave a comment or write to info at monicacesarato.com for more information about the people featuring the podcast or Venice. Bye-bye! Sentire Media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. 
and we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.